work? Yeah, it makes sense. Is that what you want it for? What? I don't know. It's part of the fun, I guess, of being here. Yeah. And it's like, it's like what we used to have in the year. What? It's like what we used to have. Right. But it reminds us of... Uh, of uh... Okay. Um, I don't know if we have... Do we have Sparrow at all? Does anybody have Sparrow? Yeah, we have, we have the shooting 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 what do we have? We have our oh, really? Oh, Where is it? Division. What? Division. Yeah, we'll need that. Okay. So, um, yeah, we have a, a very brief uh, uh, time here for this year. But, um, you know, let's do the best that we can. So we, uh, and I think we have some minds here. Right? here. Some uh, alumni, you know, who are here. And some uh, visitors. Uh, another alumnus of there, although you know, uh, also uh, part of the part of the team, I guess, right? Um, anyways, I'm not going to try to find each individual, but um, it's always a pleasure um, to have, um, as say, alumni come back. It's really a very special thing. You know, when I see them, I kind of you know remember where they used to sit. You know, back in the day and the very special uh, times that we had together and hopefully we'll continue to have. And uh, for guests as well, it's always, um, you know, it's always a special partnership. I just spoke about partnerships somewhere else, uh, with the concept of Ayakel, uh, the idea that, you know, when it comes to building a Mishkan, we, uh, you need, a, you know, the, the wisdom and the support, but especially the input, uh, because it impacts all of uh, Cloud Israel. And, um, that's part of what we're doing. But for, for today's year, we're going to uncharacteristically uh, be pretty brief. I mean, we're always brief, but we're going to be briefer even than usual. Okay, I'm not fooling anybody, probably, especially, you know, the, um, even the alumni. I haven't changed so much. Um, but um, we have, there's a program going on, which, you know, we have to respect that. And I also have a uh, family simcha uh, that I'm running to right after this year. So that's a double reason to debrief. But let, let's begin anyway. So we were discussing the sugya in Ksubis. I have some barmakomos uh, on my uh, on my phone here. And you say there is a shared display people can see? Where are they seeing from? Or they're seeing in their individual computers. Okay, but either way, I can call on people. So we wanted to talk today uh, about um, about the concept of um, Reish Lakish, which we've been discussing really all year. Uh, Rish Lakish's view of Eda Machasu Malashtar Nasik and Shadakar Dusan Bedazin. So let's let's uh, have somebody, um, you know, Tobia, you want to do the honors just to read the Gemara on Gimlam Lav. We've been skipping around, um, you know, all year. We've done partly this topic. But we want to speak today about the concept of Kim Shtaros Dirabanon and Rish Lakish and how that fits in with some of the things that we have been. Um, analyze it. So let's start with uh, Tobia just to read uh, the Gemara and get us started. Uh, yeah. Okay, just to read another line or two, just in case. This is the same as what we encountered before we did Rabbah and Lishma. Go ahead. So this is a reason why what appears to be, we discussed this already, is an interesting issue just, you know, broadly in the halakhic system, and something to be aware of, that sometimes things that appear superficially to be a, uh, a kula, you know, um, <coughs> or a kumra, end up being the opposite, right? In other words, if you look narrowly in the short term, something is, uh, you know, either a kula or a kumra, but when you take a bigger picture and you stand back and you realize the full implications Right, sometimes your goal, you know, whether it's Lahakel or Lahachmir, can be, um, you know, promoted more effectively, actually, by, by a policy, you know, which uh, raises standards, you know, and therefore eliminates more, more um, uh, you know, questionable circumstances. Go ahead, that's an example of this. 
Says the Gemara, go ahead. Okay, good. So that's where we are. So um, very similar, most of the Shakantari is similar to the discussion of Lishma. But here we're talking about Kiyam Shtaros, um, and that of course introduces a whole uh, important facet, namely, Tobia, that what? The idea of Reish Lakish. And how would you characterize Reish Lakish? It sounds like Kim Shtaros, you said never required Midaraisa. So let's, uh, let's, have, let's uh, see if that is the case for a moment. Either way, the, the, first of all, the statement of Reish Lakish, let's just get that on the record, is, is um, you know, like a, um, uh, a simple description, something that is obvious, uh, or something that is like incredibly complex, you know, and, you know, opens the possibility of profound halachic thinking. You can choose. You can choose the first if you believe. No pressure. I'm gonna go with the latter. You'll go with the latter. Okay. So um, yeah, because of course, and why is that the case? Why is that seen? Um, again, we might. The truth is that we're going to end up thinking, as we already know, because we've encountered this, you know, uh, overlapping ways. That really, that that's a machlokas, right? You know how radical Reishlakish really is. But in terms of the um, description itself. It sounds very radical, uh, because, how would you say, explain uh, Tobia? You know, why is it radical? We don't necessarily know that Ishtar is valid. Correct. I mean, the, first of all, the terms Drisha and Hakira are associated in our minds with something rigorous. rigorous. Kimbisha Nechka reduced to the Bezdin, you know, whether we've learned Sanhedrin or not, but the idea of Drisha uh, and Hakira is something that, you know, we've all encountered in one way or another. The idea of Drisha Hakira is the, uh, you know, the mechanism to establish that, um, you know, the edus in question is really, um, you know, valid, and that it is, you know, st- you know there's a strong foundation for it. As, as we've said many times, and I'll repeat it just for the people who are visiting also, well, they may have heard it also very many times, and that is that, you know, the, the Torah relies very... Um, you know, uh, it, the Torah invests tremendous amount of, of faith um, and stature in Edos, as we've discussed, Trey uh, Kamei and all these things. Um, and, you know, you can convict people for murder. Um, and in some respects, the whole Mesorah of Kali Yisrael is based on the principle of, um, of Edos. And therefore, establishing standards for the Edos to make sure that it is authentic and that you can rely on it, edus is, is a vadai, until it's not, meaning until there is a challenge or reason to, um, you know, um, suspect it, we, we consider edus to be a sure thing, a din Again, Even though, as I've said before, we know that there is, you know, a certain percentage of people who lie, you know, in the population, but we don't say, oh, according to the, uh, accordingly, if there are, I don't know, 3% of people who lie, or 7% of people who lie, or let's say in a particular society, there are 15% of people who lie. There's an article in the New York Times uh, yesterday about how you can't send uh, checks in the mail anymore because people are, you know, uh, finding ingenious ways to intercept them. I mean, it's a, it's a very corrupt. Some societies are more corrupt than, than others. But even if we know the percentage of people who are dishonest, you know, and who might lie, it doesn't matter. Al pidin, edus is 100%. That, that's a halachic category. That's an important principle based on Keskes Kashas. But in order to justify that, considering it is, you know, uh, transcends, you know, the practical numbers, standards become very critical. And therefore, the concept of Drisha and Kakira, you know, which Minatori should require in, in all kinds of ADOs, in Sanhedrin, you know, is Mechalek, because of Shalotim and if they love it, so the Drabanan we ease up on some of the Drisha and Hakira requirements. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that the phrase, Nasa Kemisha Nechkarai Dusa the Bezdin, which invokes Drisha and Hakira, is, uh, is, is something that is a very weighty um, institution or category. Therefore, if Reish Lakish says, Eda Machatsum Malashtar, Kemisha Nechkarai Dusa the Bezdin, you know, that is a startling statement. It's not, you know, as if Reish Lakish said, you know, uh, when you have Edim, you know, there are umdanaos that, you know, allow you to rely on it, right? The phraseology 
um, is that, you know, treat it like real edus, and not only edus, but edus, which was already, you know, nechkar bedesdin, even though it's, it's a legal fiction, because there was no Jerusha Makakira, in fact, right, we're treating it this way, and even more to the point, as we've you know, been talking about all year, they, it's very possible that the Edim, you know, in, in addition to not undergoing Jerusha Makakira, they may not even have seen the main event. Right, they're the blank check of ages that we've been talking about, uh, based on the Dasa Vizkayev, meaning the Lovet told uh, Edim you know, to, to pre- you know, prepare a star, you know, to support this particular halva, and it's very possible that the Edim, you know, never met the uh, Malva, you know, that the Lovet hands over this uh, star, uh, not in their presence, if you say Nechasim Akarsi, and yet, not only do we treat it as Eidos, but we call it Kedisha Nefra So that is very shocking, and that's the opening for Reb Chaim's, you know, uh, much, much, much later, obviously, but for what Reb Chaim says to be, you know, significant, you know, he certainly believes, and there has to be uh, resonance, you know, in the Makoros, that uh, we treat, you know, um, Eidos Shavashtar as real of Eidos. And the things that are you know, projected by Reish Lakish, so the Bezin, there has to be strong um, indications that that really is treated as Eidos um, as well. So if we say that there, the Chashash of Ziyuv, let's say, is negated by Reish Lakish, uh, that's a big statement. On the other hand, since it's all so, um, uh, you know, virtual in a way, it's also um, legal and, and, and you know, formal, you know, but it doesn't have a full um, um, you know, representation in, in the reality of the star. You know, that is something that um, you know, triggers uh, the response of seeing all of this in terms of umdana, meaning it isn't so much the Aden, they're not there to see the basic transaction, never mind you know, to self-protect, you know, the, the star, you know, from accusations that against it, which, as we'll get to in a second, is a kind of catch-22 um, situation, namely the star is protecting itself and establishing its own authenticity. You know, typically, if you have controls that are going to establish, you know, something's validity, you know, to protect it from some sort of um, accusation, um, you would want those controls to be you know, on the outside. Otherwise, you have a, a circular kind of a situation, which is what Reish Lakish is. Uh, that part of it, you know, uh, commends the perspective that we also find very, very strong evidence of. And until Reb Chaim came along and, you know, articulated, you know, what he did so forcefully, um, you know, um, was probably the, you know, more typical way of looking at all of this. And that is that it isn't Aedas at all, it's umdina. So, for example, Rashi here, Tovia, um, says what? Uh, yeah, so even though the language is about edus, right, it's, it's curious that, you know, Rashi, um, you know, emphasizes, you know, the umdina. And, and we'll see this uh, again and again. I've suggested a kosovashlishi hamachriya beneyem, and that is that um, even if you take the view this is all about a blank check of Eidos and that the Tope Sashtar has the right to read into this um, Shtar, which is Chasum Be'edim, uh, in the name of Eidos, that you couldn't do this if not for the Umnina. In other words, if not for these Kazakos, which make unlikely um, you know, the undercutting of this uh, you know, process, you know, then, then the Eidos of the Shtar wouldn't work either. So, I don't know if Rav Chaim ever says that anywhere. To me, it's obvious, both from the, you know, mixed evidence, as well as, um, you know, some of the phenomena, um, including, as we you know, discussed in, in different times, uh, we treat Shtar as Eidos, right, until there is a Pircha, until there is, you know, counter-evidence. But the counter-evidence can undercut it in a way that reflects that it's less than Eidos. In other words, if it really, really was Eidos, then you basically... I don't know, did David bring this, or is it like the... Uh, 
it. You brought it. Okay, I should call it. That's a real, that shows it's a real regular shear. Um, but if it's undercut in, in a way that was really treating it fully as Aden, then we would have the rules of like tray or tray. Uh, etc. And we don't have that fully in all cases. So what we see is that there is a, a fascinating interplay between Chazakos and Umdanaos that make reasonable the claim, right, which is made then in the name of and with the force of Shneimedim. And that's the uh, perspective of Staros that Rav Chaim um, certainly accentuates, but that is has its very strong roots in the Gemara, in many Gemaras, and Rishonim, and that's one of the things we're going to investigate. So the Din of um, as a as a solution to the potential claim of, of Mizuya, is uh, can be looked at in two ways. Um, and even if you look at it in a in, in terms of Edus, there's certainly a role for the Umdanaos, um, as Rashi um, points out, um, as well. However, there, there's still a question about the scope, because there's still another problem, and that is uh, a dual problem. Number one, this particular application, uh, which is Mizuyev, is, as you know, I just alluded to a minute ago, has a particular um, strength and weakness. Its strength is that it goes to the core um, and essence, the minimum required protection uh, or validation of the shtar. Now, if you're worried that every shtar is a forgery, you know, that the, um, that the adim, you know, um, are not, you know, um, you know, the signators, then shtaros can never get off the ground. So the most basic protection um, that you require for a shtar is that we consider it to be an authentic document. Then the question of you know, how much it, it tells us, you know, the, we'll call it the, um, the range or the scope of what it, you know, actually um, attests to, that can be an open question. But if there's no, if it can't get off the ground, there's nothing to talk about. But that's also its weakness, as I said before, because that's a kind of a, you know, catch-22 in that, what, the star protects itself, but who says it's a star? Maybe it's just, you know, a uh, forged piece of paper. So we could say, oh, an established star, you know, is a blank check of Edus, and therefore it has a certain force of um, credibility. However, if the question is whether or not it's, you know, it's even a star, you know, can you get past that? So uh, for that reason, the Taina of Mizuyev in Staros is both the most protected, one would think, or the most vulnerable, uh, or both at the same time. And that surely is a complication. So that's complication number one. Complication number two um, goes to Tuvia's um, formulation, and we're going to find out, you know, whether it was intentional, you know, or not. And you know, just just for the record, no collusion here, right? Tuvia did not know that he was uh, going to be, uh, you know, initially at least carrying the ball here. Um, so Tuvia said that under no conditions, right? You did say that. Um, do we countenance? A tinus mizuyu, or I think you actually said that kiyum shtaros is drabanan in all circumstances. So, is that really true, or do you want to like uh, walk that back a little bit? I mean, there are there are that. Yeah, I mean, from the sugya itself, it's always important to look at the original source because that's you know going to be obviously uh, the point of contention, you know, in the legal arguments. You always look back to the precedent, right? So, in the legal source, in the precedent itself. Uh, is it established under no circumstances Kim Staros is Daraisa or or not? What would you say about that? I mean, it is a Maklokas, but I'm saying, you know, we can. It's better. To, it's easier to understand the Maklokas when you are thoughtful, right, about the the initial or the precedent itself. So, is this sugya uh, proof positive that Kim Staros is always Darabanan? that under all conditions the star protects itself or not? Meaning there's something to say about this sugya. What is this sugya trying to explain? Going back a step? Why is the, why is an Echad, right, a shliach, sufficient to establish b'fani nechtam, b'fani nechtam, 
Why wouldn't you need two Edim to establish the authenticity of the Shnei? Correct? So at the end of the day, the Gemara says, because of Rish Lakish, and therefore the Kiyom Shtaris is only Drabanan, and therefore Hei Mamru, the equivalent kind of of Hei Mamru Hei Mam. Correct? Yeah. So, but that leaves a gap. Namely, because the Gemara is trying to explain why, to begin with, right, an Eid Echad could establish, right, the validity of the Shtar. The Gemara is not necessarily talking about a more extreme case, namely. No, 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 no. I mean, the Gemara is trying to figure out why. The Gemara is assuming that you need to authenticate the Shtar. And then the Gemara wants to know why is Eid Echad enough to do that? And the Gemara's answer is because this requirement is only, is only a Drabanan, and this Drabanan can be accomplished through the Fanenechtav of an Eid Echad. Correct? But it's really the Gemara is talking about the positive requirement of Kim Shtaros to move forward in the case of Gitin or other Shtaros. It's not talking about a more um, questionable case, namely, not the need positively for Kim Shtaros to proceed with the use of a, of a Gat, but the attack on the credibility of a star, meaning the Gemara is not necessarily telling us that if this, um, you know, get was challenged either by the Baal or by the Adim or by any other, you know, force, that Kim Staros in that case would be Drabban. It's only telling us, right, that in at minimum, in the absence of a challenge, the reliance on the on the get, right, is based on Kim Staros being only a Drabban. But when it's attacked, either by the Baal or by the Edim, or maybe even by some other force, whether then that also is Kiyom Shtaros, only Drabanan, or not, that is open question. And we'll get back to it very soon. But who, um, who, who discusses this question? You said Machokus Rishonim? Well, the Ritva talks about something a little bit different. Uh, Shai? Rabbeinu Avigdar. Rabbi Avigdar. In the Mordechai, in the end of Kiddush, it's a famous and the ghost of Mordechai, but this got picked up. Rabbi Vigdor uh, was of the opinion that what, Shai? If the Baal is Ma'arer, you need a Kiyom Daraisa. If the Baal is Ma'arer, then you need a Kiyom Daraisa. Or, only a Baal? Uh, probably anyone. Probably well, he actually says, right? That's um, right. Or, I don't know, but anyone, but the Baal, he has the Baal, he has Edim, right? Actually, Rabbi Victor has a significant, we'll get to it in just a second, but he has a significant expansion even beyond that. It's, again, we don't have the time today to read some of the salient uh, lines in the room. You have it there, Shai, right? Towards the bottom of the page, probably, just the, where, where the main um, idea is expressed. I think so. I have it on my thing. Let me find it. Yeah, go ahead. Go near. You, you speak. I'll, I'll find. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Meaning the din of the Gemara on Gitin, Gitin is only in a case where this is the Rabbi Vigdar's claim, that where there's no hakasha, correct? But if there is a hakasha, then all bets are off, then maybe Kim Shtaris is Doraisa. Right? Okay, good. If that's true, by the way, would that mean, and then he goes on to say, go ahead, either the Baal, he himself says, either the Baal, or the Adam themselves. Correct? If not, we'll find out uh, when we have more time. But that's Rabbeinu Avigdor, correct? Who else holds that um, Kim Shtaros? Well, the, the circumstances are going to be very important, meaning only the Baal, also the Edim. Kol Shekane, the Edim. Are the Edim better than the Baal? We'll, we'll talk about it. Who else holds that uh, occasionally Kim Shtaros? Sounds like the Sounds like the Rambam. The Rambam in, per, in Perik Zion, Allah base. You have that? Ezra, you have that? You know? Anybody have the Rambam? Aaron? Aaron has it. Looks like you have it with you. Even the... 
the book it never goes anywhere without its mouth. <laughs> Oh, now the key line there is So the Ramam says that if the Baal is Ma'arer, right, it sounds like the, the get is completely bought up. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so the Rambam, um, you know, seems to take the position. What does he say about the Adam themselves? Doesn't tell us. What's the Rambam's view in, is this a special din in Gerashim? Or is it a special, or is it just unique to Gitin? What do you think? Well, he says it in Gerashim. You know, so that's an open question. Uh, if you look at the Kesef Mishnah, the Kesef Mishnah doesn't address this question directly, but he does um, suggest a bunch of factors that may be unique. You have it there, Aaron? Go ahead. What? Oh, it's Magen Mishnah. Sorry. Yeah. Correct. Oh, so number one, he adds, again, this is not the Rambam, this is the Magad Mishnah, but he doesn't say Bim Tomar Shlomar, but of course this is what he's thinking about, he's thinking, how specific is this Chiddush of the Rambam? Because what Rabbi Vigdor says, and what the Rambam says, even though we'll see in a moment if they're identical or not, that's part of the question, is not the mainstream view, as we'll see in a minute, right? So number one, he adds, Vihi lo yodas, or something like that. Or she doesn't say anything to the contrary. If you look in the Frankel Rambam, in the Makoros Pitsiyunim, I think he um, uh, notes that some of the acronym, like say, um, you know, that isn't so postured if you look at the Rambam in Perikin base, you know, Hilkos Geirushin, the Rambam, which we recently saw in a different context. Right, so that's already one point. Go ahead, keep going. Moreover, Say that again? Okay, uh, yeah. Before that, he had that Okay, but that's right. That's mean that certainly wouldn't apply to Taninan, which we'll get to, meaning a, a Yoresh or a, or a Lokeach couldn't be towing, that wouldn't work. It has to be a Babai. That's not such a big. That, I mean, that's a Makloks you're showing to, but, but he has a line there about Kaskasai uh, Shasish. So if you were dealing with a Shtarmecher um, or Shtarmilva, right? Not necessarily. Okay. So, and then he go on, he says, uh, then he has, um, in the bottom he has V'yesh Omrim or something? Oh. So not in the Rambam, but he's suggesting that there is another Shita, and that is that when the Baal is Ma'arer, Right, it's not get bottle and and uh, mom's there, but it is suffolk. And if you look again at the, uh, you know, the Makoros uh, Mitzuyun in there, he's quoting uh, other people saying even the Rambam they kind of try to reread the Rambam. Rambam didn't really mean that it's uh, mom's there; he meant it's kim mom's there. Either way, the Ramach finds the whole thing very difficult. The Ramach, the Rishon. What does Ramach say? Yeah. So the Ramach finds the whole thing very difficult. Um, according to the Magad Mishnah's limitations, this is something that might be just limited to Gifin. We'll talk about the Kedusha Griz. Um, either later or, if not, tomorrow. But um, the Rub also used to think that this Rambam may be limited to Gerushim, um, not for the reasons that the Bhagavad Mishnah mentions, but for some, a reason that actually is connected to something that we spoke about uh, recently. And that is the idea, a little bit in the, in the direction of Rabelbo, but not exactly, and that is the idea that maybe the Baal's role in Gitin 
um, is more expansive than a regular, um, you know, Yotzer Hashtar, Dasa Neschayim, you know, is with regard to other stars. In other words, if you're comparing, let's say, the Baal to a Love, right, to a Mocher, um, in some respects, maybe even to um, a Baal and Kiddushin, right, there are elements of the Baal's connection to, to the Get that are singular and that put him in, in a position of uh, greater uh, bylaws, if you will, um, over the Shtar. Um, the say, when I heard him say that it's because of Balkorka so much, what he mentioned specifically was um, the Machokas Rishonim and the Rambam's Shita, that the Baal has the ability to be Mabatel the Lishma of, of the Get, um, you know, after it's already there. Right? And that's something we talked about. We talked about the Sugi at the beginning of Asholeach, right? And the Machokas Rishonim, uh, the Girsa and the Gemara on Lamed Beis on the Beis and the parallel Gemara in, in Kiddushin, right? Um, uh, on Daphne and Tess, namely, um, after the Lishma is already invested into the Shtar, into the Get, do we treat it like a Sefer Torah, right? The Sofer can't retract the Lishma of the Sefer Torah. That's the question that all the Rishonim, beginning with the Balitosis, ask. If you hold that you could be the Batel, the Lishma, but again, why is it any different than Sefer Torah? So, um, you know, I think there are various reasons for that, you know, uh, including the fact that the Lishma, you know, is uh, fundamentally different in Get than it is in the Sefer Torah on a number of levels, both in terms of personalization that we discussed, as well as being like a stage of the Gerushin, a reflection of the Das of But the Rav thought that the reason this is true, and it still might be related to some of those, is that the Baal remains, you know, the Balashtar in a way, you know, uh, throughout the process of, uh, of the Get. And as such, his relationship to the Get transcends that of a typical Mishayiv uh, to its star. And therefore, as somebody with greater Bailus, maybe his error, you know, takes on greater significance as well. This is a way of also reading Gemara later on, where the Gemara talks about Iru Rabal, you know, as being something, you know, that, you know, is particularly significant. So, whereas the Grizz, for example, in his piece, assumes that it's any Balashtar, and distinguishes between a Baldabar and a Balashtar, we'll discuss that more. The Rav thought this is something that might be unique to um, Gittin. And therefore, in Dine Mominus, he wouldn't agree with Rabbi Victor. The Some of the Nosei Kalim in, um, in the Shulchan Aruch um, assume that Rabbi Victor and the Rambam are saying the same thing. Okay? But that, that's an interesting question. Either way, the position of the Rambam is opposed you know, by the Ramach and by others. Um, there are some Sabu suggest that um, there are some who suggest that um, maybe the Rambam here, you know, is also connected a little bit, you know, to his broader shita. So we should just mention that a little bit as well. Akiva, Akiva has to leave in a minute, so we've got to get him in before he leaves. Also on the way to the family sefkah, I said there are some who suggest that the Rambam shita that the Baal, you know, can be ma'arer the get, or maybe shtaros, meaning tempering the din of kim shtaros only being to Rabbanan, some people think that that might be connected to the broader view of the Rambam. Which broader view of the Rambam? Eitan? Um, Correct. So it should be noted that the whole sugi here on Gimbal and Aleph is problematic according to Shita Saram. Because <coughs> as we discussed not in our first topic, but one of our first topics of the year. Um, the Rambam has a very controversial shita about shtaros in general, right? The Rambam holds, in Paragimel Hilchasevus Halacha Dalid, we spent a lot of time on this, right? Seems to say that, sh- that shtaros are only um, effective midrabanon kadesha lotin al bifnei love. That's the Rambam in Hilchasevus. One of the primary questions that... Um, is, is posed against the Rambam 
is the uh, question of this Gemara, Lab Gimel and Aleph in, in, uh, in Gimel. Namely, how can the Gemara say that Midaraisa, Reish Lakish, and Midrabanan, you need Kim Shtaros? According to the Rambam, the opposite should be true. Right? Midaraisa, Shtaros don't work at all. They only work Midrabanan. So the Ramban in Sefer Mitzvot, Shorosh Beish, one of his questions that he poses against the Rambam, among others, is uh, how, how can you... Um, he says, does the Rambam think that the word kim shtaros drabanan means that shtaros, you know, that our mekuyim are only effective midrabanan? That's not what the words mean. He can't read the Gemara that way. He just can't read it that way. So um, that's the Ramban's question. But if you look at the uh, Rambam in Parakim Ahalach Adalid, excuse me, Adil Choseidus, um, the Ramach doesn't suggest that he reads it that way, but he asks the question. The Kesef Mishnah you know, there asked the question. Um, this is one of the reasons that the Lechem Mishnah came up with a very novel perspective on the Rambam. Akiva, remember? Yeah, that the only time that the Rambam said that Shtaros would Rabbanon would be if the Edim are no longer Reuim Mahoy. In other words, as long as the Edim are living and breathing and they're capable of coming to Besdin and giving testimony, so then their Shtar also represents, you know, um, sufficiently um, their Haggadah Seidus. And it's in that circumstance that we'll say that the Dinabre Shlokish Doraisa and that Kim Shtaros is only Drabana. What the Rambam only meant was that if the Edim are, you know, uh, no longer capable of giving Edus for whatever reason, right, in that circumstance, the Din of Shtar is only Drabana. And therefore that solves the problem. If you hold like the so like the uh, the Sivos or Rabchayim, who also understood that the Rambam, you know, doesn't really negate all Shtaros Doraisa, but let's say for opposite reasons is Mechalek between Shtare Kinyan and Shtare Raya, meaning that when it comes to something like Gitin or Kiddushin or Shtare Mecher, right, uh, those are Shtare Kinyan, meaning the the, the act of, of handing over the star is actually what you know triggers the change in, in ownership. If I want to buy a field and I do it to Derek Star and you know uh, not the Derek Chazaka or Kesef or Chalipin, but I, it, I I want to trigger the change of title by giving over the star. That's called the star mecher. Every of course get and every star um, kiddushin and star shichur ebed. Those are all shtari kinyan. So the view of the Rav Chaim and the Nesivos is that when the Rambam said that Shtaros uh, are Edus Durabanan, he only meant Shtari Rai, not Shtari Kim. So if you say that, then again, you, you know, the Sugen Gitin, the Gimel and Aleph, is no problem at all. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about Gitin. Gitin is a Shtar Kim. The Rambam agrees that that is Edus Doraisa. Not only is it effective Doraisa to accomplish the Gerashim, but it also is effective as Edus, meaning if the Isha brings the get to uh, Bezdin, then she can remarry on the basis of that get. But that's because that's a star kingdom. So if you hold like either Rav Chaim or the Nesivas or like the Lechem in other words, if you think that when the Rambam makes that you know, sweeping declaration in Parakim Halachadalin, that it is Lavdafka, I mean that there's still room for Shtaros, the Edus of Shtaros Doraisa, so then our sugi is fine. But if you hold like, uh, let's say, some of the Akronim did, Pneoshua, or earlier, I mean, the Rishonim who understood the Rambam at face value, the Ramban, the Ramach, etc. So the whole sugi of Kim Shtaros is problematic. So are those who make the suggestion, I believe, or, or at least you could make the suggestion, to that group in the Rambam would say, oh, you know, the Rambam is particularly open to undermining the Shtar, in other words, to qualifying the din of Kim Shtaros, you know, only being the Rabbanon, because of all Rishonim, he had the least, you know, um, uh, commitment, you know, to a, you know, very aspirational, you know, Reish Lakesh. And therefore, when there's a, a Kainas Habal or Irur Habal, then, uh, you know, everything falls apart. Again, it's a little problematic, again, because of the other evidence, and we should also mention the language we did at the time of the Rambam. If somebody has it, uh, Aaron, if you have it, Perik Bam Halacha Aleph in Hilkos which is also problematic. 
sometimes when you multiply anomalies, you know, you find, you know, patterns, and sometimes you just create bigger problems for yourself. <laughs> There's no guarantee. But uh, this Rambam's position on, on Reish Lakish and on Kim Shtaros Rabbanon is, uh, as you see, from Perik Zayin Alacha Beis, from Perik Gimel Alacha Dalid, and from Perik Vav Alacha Aleph is very complicated. You have it there? So what do you make of it? What's the problem there? So the Ram says that Kim Shtaros is Drabanan, right? But he also says something that the Gemara never said. DJ, what do you say? The what? No, the, that's also a problem. The Afalpi seems to be a problem because the Afalpi is saying even though Kim Shtaros is, you know, a minimal requirement. Seemingly, it's only drabanun, right? Afalpi, nonetheless, it has high standards. Namely, you need three dayanim. Okay, so that part would be fine if that's what the Rambam means—that kiyum staros drabanun means that it's you know a you know not such a formidable requirement. See, it's not a formidable requirement, but you still need high standards. You need gimel dayanim. The problem with the Rambam begins earlier. What's the problem? Uh, Noam? Because it's not what he quoted in Gimodal. Okay, that too, but but even a more. Oh, what did it say again? Because of? Ah, so it's the application. Ramam did something in Perik Bab, Alaka Aleph, which doesn't appear in any Gemara, and which logically is problematic just to read the words, and therefore the combination makes it sensational and part of his overall sheet. Namely, he said, one more time, Aaron? First of all, the Kvar Bjarnu, what's the Kvar Bjarnu? Obviously relates to Gimel Dalid. It doesn't flow naturally therefrom. That's why the Ramban and the Ramach ask questions. But you see a little bit what the answer is, because the Ramam applied Shalotino Delis Bifne Lavin to Kim Shtaros being Durabanan. And that, of course, is what triggered, you know, another outcry. Uh, you have the Ramach there also? No, I don't think it's on Barimach. What? I don't think it's on Barimach. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do something about that. Okay. Um, wait, how did you have the other one? This is, I have Ethos. No, you have the Ramach. I, yeah, but I don't have the same. Oh, you had the other, okay. You were reading Gerashim before. Ah, okay. So the Ramach is troubled, the, the Lakabishna is troubled, the, the Kesavish is troubled, because Shalotino Delis Bifne Lavin, number one, is the explanation in the Rambam why Shtaros, even though they are Minatora, invalid when they're invalid, but nonetheless, you can't have a legal system without contracts. Right? So uh, we need to find a way for you know, economic reasons, says the Rambam. You need to find a way to drabanan to validate shtaros. So it's a drabanan based on shalotino delis b'fnei So basically, lotino delis b'fnei in the Rambam is the explanation of why, you know, we're um, going to allow shtaros, you know, to be utilized even though in Torah they are invalid. So how can the same explanation be applied? to Kim Shtaros, you know, being only Drabanan. That's the opposite way. That goes in the opposite direction. That's what the Ramach asks. That's what the Lechem Mishnah asks. The Lechem Mishnah has an interesting suggestion to that. In the end of the day, he says, no, 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 you're not, you're focusing on too many details. Like you're looking at the stages. What was the Raisa? What was the Drabanan within the Drabanan? It doesn't make sense to say that you know you have a requirement of kiyum shtaros derabanan mishum tilotinaldelas. On the contrary, that that obstructs seemingly that obstructs commercial activity, right? Because you can't use the um, the star, you know, um, you know, with you know, um, you know, with with you know, with the you know um, blank um, guarantee that it's going to be effective. So what the Lechem Mishnah comes, comes on to at the end of the day 
is like a bigger picture idea. It says, listen, the whole idea, according to the Rambam, of, of shtaros, or certain shtaros, only being effective midraban, being effective midrabanan, even though midaraisa, they are inadequate, that's based on shalotin odelos, which they love it. But, you know, um, if, if there's no confidence, you know, in the vehicle, you know, then, then you're going to undermine, you know, the, the benefits of star as well. If anybody can come along and say mezuya, right, then that's not going to promote confidence, you know, in the institutions of, uh, of, of Edus Bishtar. So what the Rambam meant to say was part of the calculus of this Durabanon includes Kim Shtaros Durabanon, meaning what we're going to do is we're going to allow Shtaros, which is against, or in, in cases where whatever it is, so like a Mishnah for, for, for the others, you know, let's say pure Shtari, right? We're going to allow the validity of this kind of evidence, but at the same time, we are, you know, only going to allow it in a way that ends up promoting commerce, being constructive, you know, being uh, consistent, you know, with um, all aspects of Shalotin Odelas Bifneilam. And this is true in general. If you look at the at Shas, the big book, Shalotin Odelas Bifneilam appears a bunch of times, and in the Rishonim and Achronim. Even more times, because what is Shalotin Odelis Bifnei It's a pragmatic, you know, consideration, you know, that allows for, um, again, you know, Drisha uh, Mechakira, you know, was dropped in Dini Mavnes, Shalotin Odelis Bifnei Gvia Shalom Bifanav of Abaldavar, you know, which shouldn't be allowed. Midaraisa was allowed, Shalotin Odelis, you know, Bifnei Lavin. But if you see, look at all the Gemaras, and especially at some of the Takonas HaGaonim and Rishonim, etc., we sometimes find that Shalotin Odeles is also used in the opposite way. And the reason is very clear, because pragmatically, if you want to promote, if you want to, you know, um, promote commerce, but, you know, then you have to balance between, just like we were talking about before, you know, the balance and standards of Gitin between Aguna, on the one hand, and you know, and, and um, protecting, you know, Eishasish and Mamzerus on the other. So too, when it comes to promoting uh, healthy economic activity in society, right, which is another way of saying the Dindarabana, the Shalotin, Odelas, but they love, we want to encourage, you know, commerce, then on the one hand, you want to be flexible and you want to, you know, remove protections. And at the same time, if you remove too many protections, Right then, you have chaos, and nobody has confidence in the system. So again, like we are living this, you know, all the time. Right? How much regulation, you know, economically or or otherwise, you know, is good for a system? Right? The uh, it has to be like a perfect, or if not perfect, it has to be somewhat of a balance. So the Lachemishnah basically, without making this whole speech, basically says that's what the Rambam means when he says Kim Shtaros is. Durabanan Shalotinal Deles, and he doesn't say this, but that's also, I think, the Pshat and the Apalpi. Meaning, what we're saying is, we're going to allow Shtaros because of Shalotinal Deles, but for the same reason, there has to be, you know, a balance on the other side. There has to be a sense of confidence. Uh, and that's where Shalotinal Deles, you know, comes into play. But the truth is, so that, that's, Shita Saramam is a little bit complicated. And that's why I say it's a kula because the bigger idea of shtaros serving as raya in certain circumstances, you know, which then requires, you know, the qualification of kim shtaros, that itself is shalotin algeles, etc. But and that's a kula in the aggregate, not each step. And therefore, the Ram says afalpi, which I think was what DJ was pointing out, right? Even though this is true, namely that this is in an aggregate a flexible kula, nonetheless, as part of the campaign, let's say, to be on the other side of Shalotin Aldelas, we require Gimel Dayan. Okay. So if you put the Rambas together, I think it's really, um, uh, there is a lot of Lishitaso. Um, whether, I don't think that that is the reason for Parag Zion, Yochos Gerush, and Halakha Base, but either way, Zion Base, Gimel, Dalid, Vav, Aleph, 
of Eidos all have to be looked at together, together with the Pirchas of the Rishonim, etc. Now this idea, though, the last one, although we played out on the Drabanan level, um, you know, the balance between lowering and, and, and being flexible about standards, um, may very well be a Dindoraisa in Reish Lakish itself, getting back to either the Rambam and Karzai Nalacha base in Gittin, or if it applies elsewhere, some poskim felt that he was like a Vigdar, uh, or Rabbi Vigdar itself. Now, the din of Rabbi Vigdar is opposed very strongly by who? Chai? It is strongly opposed by the... It's embraced by the Sma in Shulchan Aruch. It's opposed by the Shach. But earlier, the Orzarua, which was confused for some reason in the Achronim. I guess they didn't have the text of the Orzarua. They all think it's the Marik, because the Marik quotes the Orzarua. It's a little bit, you know... You know, disorienting when you read the, the literature because we're all talking about Marik and what the Marik said. Or did, it's really the Orzarua, right? The Orzarua, Tapshin Men Hey, had an exchange directly with Rabbi Vigdar. It starts off with some, uh, you know, right up your alley with some poetry, uh, <laughs> right? Um, you know, where he, you know, you know, rhapsodizes about how good Rabbi Vigdar is, right? Did you see that part? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we don't have to read that now because we have four minutes. But we'll, we'll leave that for the, you know, maybe we can do that on a Monday. <laughs> um, but very nice, some beautiful poetry. And then, like, you know, he savagely, you know, uh, attacks him. You know, <laughs> which is, you know, the way that it should be in the Mulchamp So, um, but basically, the Orzarua has, you know, no brooks, no um, flexibility. He said that's, it's against the Gemara and Gittin. Um, although the, it's fascinating because the Rabbi Vigdor himself, you know, it tells you what he says about the Gemara and Gittin, what we exactly said before. Namely, the Gemara and Gittin isn't necessarily telling you that under all circumstances Kim Shtaros is Rabbana. It's telling you that proactively you need Kim Shtaros before you proceed. That's a din Rabbana. But the idea that if there's an attack, that under those conditions we would reassess. So what is this Machlokas? I mean, that difference in Mitzius and that that should be consequential is very compelling. And yet the majority of the Rishonim reject it. Why is that? So I think that there are two reasons. So this will have to stop, and I want to make one other Arab, like three minutes to do it. One is that um, the more you think that the din of Reish Lakish, you know, is, is based on something more objective, right, then the distinction between the chashash of Irur, um, and, you know, of Ziyuf. And, and the reality of it, you know, should make, you know, should be an inconsequential distinction. In other words, in the Shaklavatari of the Gemara Gimel of Adalif, in my opinion, Rabbi Vigdor is totally right. There's a gap, which is what I was saying to Tubya, you know, earlier. Um, on the other hand, is it a consequential difference or not? The more you think that Reish Lakish is a valid, independent, you know, factor, then you'll say, well, it, you know, either you're Choshesh or you're not Choshesh. Either this is a bulwark against, you know, Ziyuf or not. And ironically, the more you think it's based on Umdana, you know, as opposed to Edus, which one is a stronger, you know, um, bulwark? I think you could argue about that. Because obviously, legally, Edus is. But since the Edus here, you know, is only Edus, Right, given the plausibility of the argument, in the end of the day, the edus is contingent, and that's what we talk about, the circularity of it, right, the catch-22 aspect of it. So that's one interesting question, which we'll have to get back to. The other question, um, I think, has to do with the Gemara and the base, which we've already mentioned, and which we need to seriously um, look at for some reason. And that is, if you really hold... Um, that there are circumstances, right, in which Kim um, Shtaris will be Daraisa, how could the Gemara seemingly say on Babu and Beis that the Fanayachta, the Fanayachtam is not just a requirement proactively to use the Shtar, but at the end of the day, it also will solve Irur Habal. The Gemara says on Babu and Beis, if Habal is Ma'arer, but you already said, then that inoculates the Shtar. So even though the Gemara Dab Gimel doesn't say 
the Kim Shtarsis Drabbanon, even B'makom Iru Rabal, right? The Gemara Bavad Bey says that which is a requirement to Rabbanon, right, protects against actual Iru Rabal, or it seems to say that. And if that's the case, then is there any difference between that and saying that Kim Shtaros is always is there something about the that can change the reality even on the level of Daraisa? And that's the issue that basically the Orzarua asks against Rabbeinu Abigdar in the continuation. And that's the issue that, um, you know, the Marik, the, um, uh, the, the Beis Shmuel in Evan Hoazer, I mentioned the, um, the Pnei Oshua and Bob Mendes, the Nod of Yehuda, things that we still have to get to. Is it the phenomenon of a Dindarabanan solving a Doraisa problem, how does that you know, work? Can that work as a model? And, uh, and can it protect against this question? Okay. One other point before we stop, and that is the, uh, the Ritva. Can somebody mention the Ritva before? Who mentioned the Ritva? Otuvia oh, mentioned the Ritva. So the Ritva also raises another critical question, which is going to help us a lot. Namely, yeah, Reish Lakish appears twice in Shatz. Here on Dav Gimel Menal Pingitin, and on Dav Yerches in Ksuvas. Again, from there, it's a phenomenon. It's invoked by the Rishonim and then by the Achronim in a tremendously expansive way. Right? They are quoting it everywhere. But in the Gemara, it's applied in two circumstances. Namely, so what's the problem? What's the other circumstance? On Yerches? Israel? David? Um, Sam? Kivin Shegit Shuvan Chozer Magid. The Gemara Ksuvah Sandap Yilches says that you, Adam, cannot come to court and say, you know, this, this, the, the star that we signed, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was fraudulent. Right? Because Kivin Shegit Shuvan Chozer Magid. And even though normally that only applies after Bush of Hakira and Edus Alpeh, since we're dealing with Edus Bishtar, Reish Lakish said, Edus Maksum Lashtar, Nasa Kimishnech, or just in the best. Asks the Ritva, we'll leave it with that. What does the Ritva ask Israel? He says, Oh, that's Reish Lakish? What does that have to do with uh, the potential of Ashtar Mazuya? Maybe Reish Lakish only said what he said, namely, that it's Kimishnech, or just in the best, and then Ashtar Makuyam. Right? How does that prove that Shtikim Shtar is the Drabana? So the Ritva, this is what we'll pick up with tomorrow, but it's all related to this question, but the balance, even on the Doraisa level, between you know, these two issues. What the Ritva gives? The Ritva gives two answers. You have it? You, or you, we don't have time to read it because I have to run. But, um, uh, 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 Asher? The first one is, oh, maybe the implication of saying Kibbutz Shehigi is not Mechalek. The Stama, he's talking about Kiyum and nonetheless, um, I'm sorry, it doesn't say Mekuyam, so it's even Bishtar Shainu Mekuyam. So you see from there that Bishtar Shainu Mekuyam is a valid star. Okay, that's the technical one. But then he says, fundamentally, what? There are two different dinim. One is Kim Shikachu Melechazer Magin. The other is the Kashros, the self-protection mechanism of the star. Both of them flow from the Chiddush, from the expansive from the expanse of Reish Lakish. Maybe what Reish Lakish is saying is we treat Edus Shavishtar, what's the language? One word? Young one? Alima Milsa Deshtar, meaning Yosar mi, 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 mi Edus Alpeh. In Edus Alpeh, you wouldn't apply Kibbutz Shigit Shubin Akhazar Magid in the absence of Drisha Vakakira. Real one. Right? Here you have this virtual Drisha Vakakira, and it's working. By the same token, the Tzad HaShavah, the common denominator, the, you know, the, um, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the, the, you know, principle that, that, under, that underpins both of these ideas is the idea of Edus Bishtah. So that, that obviously goes to the heart of saying that this isn't just an Umdana, but that because of the Umdana, right, you've triggered a certain category um, of AIDS. So we'll pick up with um, all of these things, Mirza Shem, 
tomorrow. I think we have to go back a little bit also, just fill in a little bit from something else, from Rav Chaim, on, um, on Shlichus. But then we'll pick up with this. And I'm sorry I have to run, but again, it's a pleasure to have all of our guests um, as well.